was a movie um, called Lilo and Stitch, which was it was a great Disney film. Um, it was actually one of the uh, one of their more creative endeavors. They brought in an external artist who was well known for kind of an erotic style artwork of um, of women, um, large thighs, kind of a, a kind of a warped style, but but a, but a look that was interesting and different from the established uh, Disney norms, kind of laid out in the nineties. Um, and yeah, they created this film, Lilo and Stitch, which is very interesting. Uh, just an interesting point about the film. Um, unfortunately, they were in production when September the 11th happened. So they had to drastically change the ending of the movie um, to remove imagery. The, the movie originally ended with a, a, a passenger plane flying through uh, a built-up city. Uh, that was then later changed uh, to be kind of a forest with an alien spacecraft, uh, obviously out of respect for the, the events that occurred. On September the eleventh, it's an interesting story. It is. It's it's interesting to know the history of Disney movies to quite the insane extent. I do. The only reason Lilo and Stitch is so heavily merchandised nowadays is it's very big in Asia, very very popular. The character of Stitch. Uh, really? So the Disney theme parks massively stock merchandise um, of a character from a movie that didn't really do very well in its initial run uh, because they know that the uh, the Asian aspect of the market absolutely love it. Doctor Who. <laughs> Actually, now I just want to do a podcast of all the things that changed because of nine eleven. Because there's a lot of interesting. There shit are in well, Spider Man as well as the famous one, right? Oh, they... Grand Theft Auto Three is the famous one for me. Okay, which what, what do you say it was? GTA Three, the first like 3 yeah. GTA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. I'm like, familiar with the game GTA. Yeah, yeah, you, yes, yeah, you may have I heard just didn't of hear the game you. that revolutionised I... the open world. <laughs> I have been involved in the games industry for a little while. I have picked yeah, up on the have... Grand Theft Auto franchise. Thank you, Dad. Thank you so There's much a... for your help. They had to. I can't remember if they delayed it or they they kind of hacked away at it a lot after 9/11. And I'm really glad they did because I think it genuinely would have hurt violent video games and would have hurt the argument against it because. In GTA, mm. before 9-11, there were kids that you could just shoot around the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like the school buses were full of kids. There was apparently a mission where you shoot up a school. was apparently mm. a thing that was in there. Um, the, the reason the dodo doesn't have any wings and doesn't like fly properly is because they clipped it. Because it was in New York. It was in well, mm. the city. They didn't want people recreating it. It would have given yeah, a lot was... of ammunition to Thompson and his lot back in the day. Yeah. Back when he was a name that people would remember. Retro yeah, was- Jack Thompson. It was, yeah, it was a different, different era. It's weird to think. Yeah, we were... We were you, it was Hillary you Clinton and Jack Thompson. That's yeah, who the strange enemies time. were. And now... <laughs> <laughs> and now, now the enemy is a small alien. Back on track. Darren, track, I feel, track, yeah, track. I feel like we're not talking about the episode of uh, Doctor Who that we watched. Why, why would that be, Darren? Why would that be? It was fucking awful. To put it in a nice <laughs> way, it was... Fucking awful, all over the place. We can literally. St- I want to start a bit of because, like, you know how podcasts have yeah. like you know sections, and they have like here's the bit. This is the yeah. You know, we do re- read letters. I you want to professionalize. You want to you want yeah. to like standardize, clean things up, get the structure going, give the audience yeah. what they want. Kind of a sense of, of of kind of firm structure. I like that. Let's do it. I want to have a section called Chibnall's Unfired Guns. <laughs> okay. Because the amount of fucking Chekhov guns that this guy sets up and just forgets about Mm. when they would make everything so much more interesting. I finally clock what my problem is with Chibnall's writing. It's that when I'm watching a Moffat episode, I go, oh, I bet this is going to happen. And then something 
better happens. Yeah. Like, you worst case scenario... expectation yeah. and then break it, yeah. The worst case scenario is the thing that I thought was going to happen happens. Mm. And then in a Moffat episode, it tends to surpass it and be very clever and witty and all that. And in mm-hmm. this, just nothing <laughs> is ever set up goes anywhere... So, right, you've got a monster thing, which incidentally, I love. Like, I was not enjoying this episode, and then I saw the little creature. Yeah, thing, I, was, I was like, I was oh. kind of into the adorable alien as well. Yeah, I was I, like, oh, this is jokes, way more but fun. I do like that. Yeah, yeah cool. this, is a, this is suddenly a much more fun idea. And it was weird, it was like a base not really under siege. Because the base under siege mm. is the nice classic Doctor Who. And I, I was looking forward to see what Chibnall brings to that table. Because even in the weakest runs of Doctor Who, mm. uh, also known as uh, Clara, uh, <laughs> I feel like the, epi- the, the the base under siege ones are really fun still. Like, it's a nice straightforward format. It's a nice, you can yeah. put your own kind of layer. It's like a heist movie. It's going to have the same beats, the same parts, but you can put your your interesting spin on top. Yeah, you, you it's because it's like almost a bottle kind of episode. You get mm. a, a lot of character work. You get a lot of tension. There's like a constant tension running through it. Um, mm. Like last one was with the ghosts in the underwater base. That's Aces. Underwater base is terrifying. Ghosts are great. You got, it's, mm-hmm. it's great. That was great. It was a weird two part. I didn't think it should have really been two part, but it was, yeah, that was good. That was I enjoyed that sort of thing. This one was like, oh, there's a thing and it's going to destroy us. Hang on a second. We need to talk about fatherhood for twenty minutes in a brightly lit corridor. We're just wandering through and not seemingly giving a shit. Mm. We need another section on this. It's called Ryan and Yaz have a chat. Aside from the plot, <laughs> they just they kind of wander off and go. Right now, we're going to discuss the themes of this episode for the morons at the back. They they have used that a couple of times. I just so what I'm interested what because I have I have views on this. But what was the what was to the Chekhov's gun that you were most irritated by them not firing in this episode? I think I had three. Do it. You've got a monster that eats like non. It's like it doesn't eat flesh. It eats metal and stuff. Oh yeah, assign Yaz with the guy made of metal. I was so surprised the android didn't because he's the one character who should feel peril in this. Yeah. Episode. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was, no, I'm was with you on that one, definitely. Such a fucking nothing character. Why is he an android if he's not going to. Like, what now? Like, from a narrative perspective, why is he an android? From a narrative perspective, why was he there? Well, exactly. What did he bring to this table? Speaking of why was he there, who the yeah. fuck was that pregnant guy? <laughs> that there is your ultimate, most brilliant little act twist of, like, you have this. If you're going to do the wonderful fatherhood thing, you're like, oh, it's our oh, fatherhood. And then you have him give birth. And it's another tiny alien thing. After they just got rid of the first one, the doctor has to come up with another clever idea mm-hmm. to fix a second one. And you go, ah! And then he explodes into loads of them. I was like, I don't know. Give me something. Tie it into the episode. Well, that, that's it's, the issue. It's, it's just... A, it's, and it's the same kind of thing I had... The same issue I had with the second episode, although I'd say this one's even worse, is that there's, it just doesn't... It feels like a few ideas kind of put in at a very yeah. basic level. My other question, why is it a hospital ship? What yeah. possible narrative purpose does... like? And, and, and if it sounds like I'm being nitpicky, I am being nitpicky, but when you're writing fiction, you should have reasons for the decisions you're making. There should be an intentionality to it. Why is it a medical ship? What what does that serve? What what's the point they're making about medicine? What's the what's the specific narrative opportunities that are afforded by being a, a hospital ship? It just does none of it makes any sense. Like in terms of no. why they would do any of it. Um, and you're right, thematically, yeah, you've obviously got this theme of fatherhood. Here, just an idea in in Make, one of the scenes. <laughs> well, the thing that annoys me to an extent about it is. Male fear of fatherhood is the theme and subtext of the greatest sci-fi spaceship horror ever made. 
Yeah. Why? <laughs> you know, when Alien Red exists. Dwarfs. No, not Red Dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> the Red Dwarf's about the fear of not getting a good job, which is a, which is a slightly different fear, but I like Yeah, twins. I remember an episode where he was Sorry. afraid of Arthur Hood. There was an episode. You're absolutely right. I was referring to the popular movie Alien, um, which is definitely about the masculine fear You've of... You've got a movie called Alien. That's racist. No, I think he was attacking you. Or whatever Capaldi's line was. That was one of my favourite lines of his. <laughs> I don't anyway. remember that one at all. Anyway, yeah, that's cool. a great, that's a great little line. I can't remember. It was yeah, make 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 some make make a th- make the theme of the alien birth. Yeah, Done. like problem solved. Uh, you can't do alien. You don't have the the you know the bloke giving birth to an alien. Don't do that. But you know that the creature could have been create like you know they talked a lot about the particle accelerator antimatter thing. What if that accidentally created an alien? It turned out that this was an alien who'd been created by these spaceships and was coming home trying to find a parental figure. Done. Not a good story necessarily, but one that ties to the theme a little bit closer. And yeah. you, you, you that's your twi- that's your that's your second act twist is this is just a baby looking for its mother or father in this case. Um done. Yeah, but no, instead it's just a thing that wants to eat. Yeah, it's the, the fact that they even talk about like the idea of like the basic, requ- you know, the, the the things that drive monsters that you know, or or just everything. Every living being has drivers, you know, to eat, to procreate, to be around family. Could have been one that you would use in this episode. That's definitely talking so much about fatherhood, and you could have made that tied to the narrative. So I'm with you. Like thematically, it's just not satisfying. And you know, with the hospital ship, you know, the idea of a hospital being a way of birthing something. Again, you could tie that to the alien. Like, it's just so many interesting second... Like, if I just don't feel like there was a second draft on this. I don't feel like they, they tried to pull things together. We were talking about this just before we started recording, of both of us kind yeah. of write stuff, and the, the manner in which we both find the point of the story we're telling. And yeah. here it just feels like that never happened. Like they just, yeah. it was just an, a bunch of ideas and then they never kind of found that cohesive kind of nucleus to kind of build a story around in a satisfying kind of way. Yeah, it was a fucking mess. <laughs> it's a nice way of putting it. Might see the one, the, the other, I think, I, I can't remember how check off guns, I've unfired right now. But the one that annoyed me is you had a beautiful, tense moment that they set up. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, for the finale of hey, here's a bomb and we're going to give it a countdown. Mm. You're not going to give it a countdown. You're going to take that countdown out of the doctor's hands because you said the next time these people call the third strike, they're going to blow the ship up with that bomb. So the monster's walking slowly towards the thing, the phone's fucking ringing on the wall, and you're like, come on, get in the fucking thing! Because this, they're going to detonate that thing, so it's out of your hands. But even then, even in that moment, they also just have a chat. And just wander yeah. out into the corridor. Like they're not, they're not. There's no. Te- they're not even. They forget they're meant to be hiding about halfway through the scene as well. They like just start walking out into the corridor yeah. and stuff. It's just yeah, just feels. And I think that's actually true. I think that's partially down to the direction as well. Like it feels like the direction of it's a little bit sloppy. Like it's. I don't know who directed this one or if it's someone who directed any of the other episodes we've watched. Get but again, it, up. it has that kind of. It's the same thing I talked about with episode two. Like why do the robots look fast when they're zombies? It's that. Yeah. It's just not thought out in the execution either. I, don't, I think it'd be easy to blame it all on the writing, but I think it's also the the process. It was um, Jennifer Perrot, who has never directed an episode of Doctor Who before. Oh, okay. So there's no pattern to be found there. Um, and we'll do again in episode seven. 
Okay. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. It could be another situation where, like, she directs our favorite episode as well as there, uh, because that was there was the same director on um, Rosa Parks in the second episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two yeah. and three were the same. Yeah, like my favorite and least favorite. But in episodes. episode three, Chris Chibnall didn't only write it, and in episode seven, Chris Chibnall doesn't write it. In fact, we are now out of Chris Chibnall's writing until. So the did finale. Chibnall write this one alone? Is this one yes? Oh, okay. Yes. There we go. <laughs> yes. That's a problem, yes. right? I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, but you know, some people are better, better bosses than they are executors. Yeah, so Moffat is the opposite. Moffat yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe, maybe opposite, he's the yeah. anti-Moffat. Maybe like, because honestly, like, especially if he writes less episodes as the show's going on, I'm okay with him not being as great a writer. If he can bring out great stories from other people, that's fine. Yeah, and he did in the Rosa Parks one. That is a fantastic. That is like. I feel like we've had a really weird series of Doctor Who, but again, it's exactly what I love of Doctor Who, is we've had one of my favourite ever Doctor Who episodes, yeah. and one of my least favourite Doctor Who episodes, and then one of my least favourite Doctor Who episodes <laughs> in a row. Like, that's a great thing. Well, this thing. is what you've said from the from day one, isn't it? Is that like, yeah. and, and actually, there's, there's my question for you. So something you've been saying is that if the characters are good enough, it helps you through the bad episodes. Did you feel that way about this one? Did you forgive it a little bit because you enjoyed the characters? Or did, could the characters not save this one for you? These characters were... The only character with the charisma was exploded five minutes in. I was so guided by that. I love... He's in... He's in. Have you, do you watch Uncle? Have you ever watched Uncle? No, no, no. Oh, you should. You'd like it. It's a really good sitcom. Um, and he plays the, um, the annoying, much better looking new boyfriend of the protagonist's sex. And yeah. it's just, and he's just brilliant at that kind of slightly smarmy, like it's that kind of too so good looking it becomes annoying kind of uh, yeah. performance. I, I really wanted more. He would make a great villain as well. I just felt like I wanted to see more of him. Um, but yeah, so be it. Yeah, he had a nice, he was interesting, and then it was. I felt like all the character work we'd built up until that point was just erased in one go. Yeah, just, and we're left with a character who we don't care about, who who then stab- was who they established is like. No, and they well they established that she's like anxious and, and doubts her abilities as they're killing the character we care about. So we're massively distracted anyway. We don't and that that reminded me of um I don't want to spoil it, but another movie about characters in space with a very charismatic male lead who dies off quite quickly in the story and gives the exact same speech. Red Wolf. <laughs> really? Are, are there any charismatic actors in Red Dwarf? Uh, <laughs> the cat. Yes. Right? The cat, yeah, you're right. All of them. <laughs> you not watched the British Empire? It's fucking amazing. <laughs> the only thing I remember about British Empire is the episode with the shark in the swimming pool. <laughs> That's the one I remember. And was that was the one where the receptionist had her kids in the like drawers, right, of her in her office? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. There's also, oh, I mean, the episode where where Chris Barry's character dies at the end of like one series and then comes back in the next one. Because he'd like annoyed God or something was legitimately the plot. <laughs> like they didn't think they were getting another series, and they're like, "Oh shit!" I sort of need to go back and watch those. I don't think they're are they on anything? Can you see those on like Netflix I or something? Bought that on DVD. I wow. don't know why. I like Chris Barry. I sent Chris Barry a fan letter when I was a kid, Did and you? he sent me one back like a year and a half later. I got like a signed picture back. Oh, that's cute. He- He's going like all of his fan mail was going through, which I thought was very sweet. That is very That's sweet. Very sweet. I liked him a lot in um, Simon the Sorcerer. I always want Simon the Sorcerer to come back. Loved him in that. <sighs> there's, there's just such a place in the love Simon. So you know, we get distracted from Doctor <laughs> Who. It's very easy to get distracted from this episode of Doctor I'm Who. Trying, to, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. Yeah, I just, I mean, 
everything that just gets set up for any slight bit of tension or anything was just constantly erased. Mm. And the thing, just for, from a directing point of view, don't have slow red to blue flashing lights if you're going to cut and it's going to change colour <laughs> constantly because every time that happened, it was so infuriating. That created a weird effect for me. I'm, I live um, quite close to like one of the big bonfire fireworks things in London. Mm. So for the entire episode, there were fireworks going off just outside my window. So my entire room was doing the colour strobing <laughs> as well and loud noises, which, you know, so it kind of... Kind of fitted. It kind of uh, worked you for me. Watched as the fireworks, man. You should have right. just watched the fireworks. Better story, better plot. The one, I mean, the one were, I'll be honest with you. Wants to be more. There was one point where it was happening where I literally got up off of my sofa and went to a window and watched the fireworks. Like that was just like that was just like a good good couple of minutes there where I just I, did, away. I had three quick Twitter browses in that episode. That's how I. It's my first time during. Well, apart from last week, but that didn't count. Like it's my first <laughs> time during. I think Doctor Who ever. I've gone. I want to see what other people are thinking about this. What was uh, the reaction? Even... I didn't. I wasn't watching. Were, pe- were other people having the same kind of reaction we were? Well, should we have a look at our good old friends at Gallifrey Base? And I think their we should. Let's, let's find I out have... what the internet thinks we should think about this episode. Let's do it. I have never seen a more split vote. Okay. Uh, 8 out of 10, 7 out of 10, 6 out of 10, 5 out of 10, and 1 out of 10 all have pretty much the same score. <laughs> They're all within about 13, 14%. So that's 8 to 5 and 1 are all, like, the same, and they're the highest, and the next highest are 3, 2, uh, 9, 4, and 10. 10 is the lowest scoring by a long way. Mm. So it's just, it's a it's a mess of sort of, it's a, it's kind of, it's, it's sort of a between a 6 and a 7, but also a lot of people also voted 1. I'm so intrigued, I'd, I'd be intrigued to know what the people who loved this episode loved about it. That's that's my big question because I know what the people who didn't like it felt because that's how I felt. A lot just, of people said it had a lot of emotion in it. A lot of emotion <laughs> is that username David Cage? Is that? And it wasn't realistic enough. It wasn't like super four K emotion. <laughs> this was someone called. I'm not reading their name out. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna start a hate thing. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, it was to me. It wasn't emotion that was earned. They weren't. They weren't telling me stories about the characters. They weren't even the thing between the brother and sister. The pilot just felt so underdeveloped and kind of one-dimensional. It's something I didn't think was going to be an issue, but so I love multiple companions. Like yeah. I've always loved, you know, uh, Jack and Rose, Amy, Robbie. When you hit two, I really like that. Yeah. Three kind of pushes it, but if you're doing mm. something big that's going to have lots of stuff going on, three's great. Mm. In mm. this, I just kind of felt like there were, what, nine characters vying for screen time? Yeah. Which doesn't give you a lot of time for any of it. And well, I just didn't use... Like, if your episode's about fathers... Give yeah. out, like you've got characters who can do interest. We know Yaz has a difficult relationship with her family, and we've met her father. I oh, always... Yaz Rob, she was a police officer. Remember, she remembers she was a police officer. That's on good. a fucking spaceship. She can yeah. only remember it outside of her own jurisdiction. That's the only place she can. <laughs> but like you know, and and again, like the 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 brother and sister, like just make it that they fell out. 
you know, when their father died, she was she was away fighting the war and wasn't there for his funeral, and he holds that against her. Boom. Yeah. I've tied that back to the thing. Like, I just don't... That's why I feel it feels like a first draft to me. It just doesn't have this kind of connective tissue where it's yeah, on it's, theme. It's, you don't have to, like, nitpick this episode. You can just go, oh, there's massive flaws. There are glaring... Yeah. There's flaws you can write out really quickly. That's the That's thing, yeah. They're not hard yeah. chat. They're not hard problems, and and that for me, I always my instinct is always to try and work out. Okay, well, what am I not getting? What's the actual? Maybe the theme of this episode wasn't fatherhood. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I'm trying to impose that upon it. Maybe it was about something else. But then, what was it about then? Consumption? Like, what, <laughs> I can't think of another theme. It could be like, or maybe it's not could, about theme. Maybe I'm trying to oversimplify. I don't know. It just feels it doesn't tie together frustrates me we got another implant although this one was sort of it was on the back of the neck still counting it which everybody seemed to think he said was condom which i loved take this condom what (laughs) i didn't hear what he actually said i looked it up and it was condot oh i didn't hear condot i heard condom and i was like uh yeah Yeah, you think they might worry about that it's I, i did quite like i did there were bits of the Artistic design I liked. I liked I liked the costume design in this one. That was quite nice. And the environment was, you know, cheap but good looking. The um the yeah. UI elements were distractingly similar. And I know this is because I'm a Disney nerd. To Lilo and Stitch, like a lot of the like alien <laughs> screens in that movie. Like there was some weird somewhere at BBC during pre production on this, there were some Lilo and Stitch images pinned to a notice board somewhere. Um yeah. But yeah, I, I just, yeah, it's just a bit meh, isn't it? Just a bit, yeah, it all, it's just kind of all over the place. We do get to have another discussion on Chibnall's weird morality with the Doctor praising someone who came across as a fucking warlord. Like this general who did all these things. I'm like, really? That's the person the Doctor's going to be friends with? I did really? like, I did like, I did like the, it actually gave me hope for the episode right at the start, the whole kind of where she's, where she's running around and you realise actually she's the problem and she apologises. That was quite nice. That was a nice moment of morality. Yeah, I enjoyed that. But then it took away the main tension of the episode up to that point, which is we need to get back and get the TARDIS because it's been four days and someone might half-inch it because it's on the planet of the half-inches. And that just went away. That's gone. Yeah, it just went away. They'll just get back to it, presumably, next episode. Well, they have to because they have to go back to um, uh, Pakistan. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Pakistan before it was Pakistan, presumably, but yes. That's going to be a good episode next week. (laughs) But Chibnall's not writing it. We're free now until the finale. We're just steadily cruising. Yeah, the Doctor going, oh, you're that general who fought in all those wars. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm. No. Yeah. No. Why why did you have to be that kind of general? Why why couldn't you just be like the ultimate pilot who flew like aid to fucked up places, but like really fucking dangerous places? Hey, hey. Maybe she she's a famous <coughs> hospital ship pilot, and this yeah. is the model of hospital ship that she piloted in a most heroic thing, and it's named after her because she's yeah. such a fucking well respected. Sorry, I swore there. Uh, such a well respected hospital pilot. I know what the hell. Um, like again, like just second draft yeah. solutions where you just go, oh yeah, of course she's on. She's she's a hospital ship pilot. She's she is renowned in the history books because of how many people she saved. You know, yeah, she I'm, flew it through a minefield. Oh, look, there's loads of meteorites. Easier than a mine. Be a heart. Just, uh, you know, hey, moments. 
Yeah, and and her brother, the engineer. So you've got this idea of he's he's fixing ships. Other characters are ship fixing people. There's lots of yeah. And there's so lots of opportunities. Him, but she doesn't. And blah. So I just oh, it's annoying to me. <laughs> this, this <laughs> That's is, it, isn't it? It's that. It's that just, seat. It's that gentle seat you get in that writer's like, oh. room. I just want to get in that writer's room and just be like, "Can we just <laughs> just do some stuff?" Um, I uh, just put yeah, it on you, the script on the table. No, take this one back. We've joked in the past about like um, about like the whole like rewriting the whole series. <laughs> this is the one where I genuinely would would as an exercise if I could get like a copy of the. The PDF of the script, I would 100% try writing a rewrite of it and just see if I oh, could. Oh, no, 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 For me, it's a salt the earth, start again type dealio. Just scrap no, it, draw a big no. red line. No, that's where we differ, man. I feel again. like there's the foundation of something really interesting here. It's just yeah, but it's, underused. There's a foundation, but I'll put that in the back of my head while I work on something better. But use is kind of a bit of that. <laughs> just, oh, that's, that's what so that's I do. The, that's the difference between uh, you and me. That's the difference between you. Oh, and I'm me. willing to I'm, just like I. I want to. I want to solve. I want to problem solve. You're like I've got a better idea. Okay, fine. Yeah, no, I'm that guy. I'm that You're guy. That guy. Like, hey, everything you've been doing, it's fucking awful because of this, and people hate you because it's better. <laughs> that's the issue. It's like yeah, yeah that's, we have that's, to start I'll be honest. Not so much my attitude, but fair play to you. <laughs> fair play to you. Sir. <laughs> that's an approach. <laughs> I'm like, wait. You're not as smart as me. Everyone, do this. Because yeah, no, I can't this, do it because you're smarter than me. No, this is definitely how you... How, this is, I mean, this is how the greats of any creative medium have always behaved. <laughs> it's the, it's very much the uh, the Rick and Morty school of project management. Yeah. <laughs> Just be an arsehole. Anyway. We have one nice moment. One yes. nice moment. Yes. I like the Doctor geeking out about the science in the reactor. Wish it wasn't that compared was... to an iPhone. Because, But it was nice. Yeah, that was nice. That was, that was, that was nice. Um, which is why I wanted it to be in any way relevant to the plot. Yeah. <laughs> Not just like a... Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It's, and that's the other thing. The, and, and like the defending of it was just, they put it in a bag. Like, it's just, again, it's just like, it, there's no... There's no a lead bag. Yeah, I mean, it made sense, but it bag. just it wasn't interesting. Um, yeah, and then punt kick it. Just... Do you have any laugh out laugh... Do you have any laugh out loud jokes in the episode? Uh, one. It was, oh, again, it was just a snide Graham comment. I can't remember what it was, but just one of Graham comments, just when he's just like, what, you, what? what's going on? I did or he just like, he steps forward and just says something and then steps back to just his kind of, Yeah, just kind of... On his ex. The absurdity of the situation, yeah. The um, the one I liked was the uh, where they're all gathered and they're all, like, they've been placed in a very kind of staged way. And she walks in and says, I'm sure you're wondering why you're here. Oh, sorry, a bit Poirot. I really, as a as a Poirot fan, that was nice. Yeah. Like the, the whole, because it was absolutely staged like a Poirot final yeah. scene. That was nice. Surprisingly, yeah. as the world's biggest Hamilton fan, not a big fan of the Hamilton joke. Did not feel, did not feel it like the most interesting joke you could do about Hamilton in Doctor Who. There's seems like there'd be other opportunities there. But anyway, it feel again. It feels like why is she doing so many like now references? The Doctor's never really done... Missy did that a bit, if I remember rightly. Huh. I, might I like it when it's in Mi- context, and I like it when... Like, when she's... When she's, um, when she's uh, trying to connect with people from now, I think it makes sense. So, like, when she's doing the Banksy jokes. I like that, because yeah. that's, that's a joke you tell to someone who you've picked up in 2018, because you know that that's a culturally relevant thing. But when you're listing off the... When you're literally the, the Doctor, the smartest person in the universe... And you're listing off interesting things about the number fifty-one. 
the Federalist Papers are not on that list. It's <laughs> not like... And, and I mean, putting aside the fact that politically she would probably massively disagree with Alexander Hamilton on a lot of issues, <laughs> it's perhaps not something that would fit her personality. I managed yeah. to call the line before it was said, or call a joke before it was said. What was that? Which was the, what are you a doctor of? And I immediately went out loud, Lego. Because I know you're going to write Lego on that. And then the dogs go, I'm a doctor of Lego. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, I knew you were going to say Lego. Because yeah. that's just... Just not quite getting it. Not quite. I mean, Jody is pulling me through. I, I will say Jody... When yeah, you're not laughing at a reference to Lego, that's, that's to me, that's a... Well, because I got it. It's the sign. first thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're targeting you with that joke. And me. I'm a big Lego nerd as well. They're targeting us. And they failed. They are. They did a little bit with that one. Because... Yeah, it's just too. I enjoy. I enjoy the. You know, Matt Smith had that childish thing. He had that childish thing down. I don't feel like Jody's got that. No, that's fair. And it, and I think the jokes feel stuck on. They're not character driven. It's like you said there no. when you were saying Matt Smith. You didn't. You didn't say, "Oh, Matt Smith always had funny jokes." You said Matt Smith was had that childish thing. Like he was it's a, a character yeah. beat. It's a feeling you have about the character. I think that's where this... these lack is. They don't fit the character as laid out. And the jokes we I've... like are the ones that where it does connect with the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've been watching Steven Universe. You ever seen Steven Universe? Uh, no, but I'm familiar with it as a massive cultural thing that I have absolutely no knowledge of. I don't. Is you... the main guy called Steven? Is that? Yeah, his name is Steven Universe. It is. Oh, one I assumed of... it was okay. Carry on. Yeah, that's just his name. Okay. That's his name. He he hangs out with three uh, like gems who like have bodies and the, it's a cartoon aimed yeah. at kids but is has, it aimed at kids or is it one of these ones that's kind of subtly trying to court the adult it audience it is well? entirely aimed at people like me and you who are writing nerds who love character driven comedy oh okay oh fair play I don't like cartoons like I will say this now and a lot of people go well, how do you not like that I can't stand cartoons like I watched a couple of episodes of Adventure Time today I can't fucking stand it mm. I hate how madcap and how it's just jokes thrown out there because it was kind of funny, but there's, yeah, there's no base, there's no peril because everything's a cartoon. Whereas Steven mm. Universe has like, I probably like my heart because I watched the finale season one of Steven Universe and my heart is literally racing because everything they've been building up towards is getting payoff. Oh, that's cool. They're they're firing like, all their Chekhov's guns. It's yet yeah, more than that. They mm. have they. I, I've gone back and watched, and there's a there's a thing with a character that I'm not gonna say because I want you to watch it that is so. When you watch it back, you go, they have indicated this so many times and I didn't catch it. And when mm. it's a reveal, it's done as a surprise reveal. But when you watch it back, you go, oh, fuck, you're clever. You're so clever. You're brilliantly clever, clever, clever. I do need but to get into is... it. I don't watch enough cartoons. Because there's a weird thing where there's a lot of overlap between fans of my stuff and My Little Pony. I see a lot. I've got a lot of brony fans. And I've That's never seen overlap. an episode. Massive <laughs> overlap in my fan base with... Well, I mean, massive from my perspective. My Little Pony has a few more fans than me. Um, but like, I get a lot of like a lot of the people who are into my stuff. I, it's a it's a pattern I've noticed. They often have the the My Little Pony avatars, and so I've been meaning to watch it for a while because I assume that it's on a similar vein to what I do. That kind of I guess that friendship is magic stuff. Um, so I should get into more cartoons. I've not Don't really know, been into I cartoons can't. since Transformers. I need to get back I, into I've them. Never like for me, it was like Tom and Jerry. It was Hanna Barbera. Mm. You know, it was that Doctor Who animated series. Turn it back. Turn it back. Turn it back. Right. It's that new Star Trek comedy series. Turn it back. Oh, hang on. Wait, no. Um, I hated. Yeah. Orville. Are you talking about Orville? I hated Orville. 
What, the could Orville? Into, yeah, I could not get into that at all. I fucking love the Orville, man. Loads of people do. No, more people do than don't. Yeah, no, it's For definitely me, popular. again, and we've said this in Doctor Who, it's that feeling it gives me at the end of an episode. Even though it's got the dick jokes <laughs> in there that kind of felt off as they went, it did make me go, yeah, fuck, this is what we're doing with... This is this is the feelings I want to get off for an episode of something like Star Trek. For me, like, it was a bit too much of a kind of fan project of next gen it was a bit too on the nose for me but i you know lots of people like it so i'm i'm definitely not an objective opinion on this there's there's yeah, lots of people who think it's but you like discovery and i don't like discovery because I, I know i get hate early. messages whenever i say i like discovery <laughs> um i i do like discovery i stand by it i can't wait for the next series we'll see, see. I, the next series looks fun like i watched the trailer i was like oh that looks like star trek like that's it, because I, I you just, need to watch Discovery because the whole thing with Discovery is it becomes Star Trek. That's the whole. Yeah, but here's point the fucking it. thing: I want to watch yeah. Star Trek, not something becoming Star Trek. You raise like, a valid point. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I want to live in a house, not something that's gonna one day be a house. That's I think my just... favorite episodes of this podcast are the ones where we don't like the episode and we just Maybe talk just nonsense. Don't do it this is great because I. <laughs> Because I've had a really, I've had a fucking busy as shit time and it left a load of shit happening. I've not been able to do my like normal podcast, so I'm getting a lot of this out here. here now. That's good. This is good. This is. I, I'm glad to be here for you. This is fine. Yeah, it's yeah. it's nice. It has to be. I've got to get some of the shit out because otherwise I'm just going to run out of things. So, um, but no, but Steven, you're right. The thing I said about Steven Universe is yeah, that tell is me about entirely that's character driven. Every yeah. joke in that is based around characters and stuff, and I always felt that that's what Doctor Who did really well. And now I feel like it's shifted into that more other kind of cartoons. Like, it doesn't have the hyperactivity of other cartoons, but it's got that level of just, here's a joke. And I'm like, yeah, that's a funny joke, but it's not rooted in anything, so it's got a limit of how funny yeah. it can be. That's fair. I'd, I'd even say Moffat, like, even though Moffat was definitely always trying to write the zinger, he at least made his characters the kind of characters who would say zingers. So it's yeah, fine. Absolutely. So it kind of fit. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're very much kind of cynically designed as joke generation machines arguably at times but no i agree yeah. with you i want i want more character to my doctor and i i, I think the, the the jokes that really work for both of us are the ones where it's saying something about her character and, and that playfulness um that's it it's i think it's i think that's what it is for me is it's the it's the kind of impish like that kind of low-key in the kind of traditional Norse mythology, not necessarily the Marvel movies, kind of vibe of like just being a trickster, of being a. Yeah. That's what. That's why I love the Banksy joke because this version of the Doctor would totally be a character who would want to remain ambiguous to their friends about maybe them being Banksy. Like that would be a joke they would make. That's the joke that the Jodie Whittaker Doctor yeah. would make. Well, that feels wasn't right. It, didn't didn't uh, 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 what's his name say that to her first? It didn't like, oh, you ain't Banksy, or am I? Oh, maybe, like yeah, maybe went, she was. Maybe it, it was reactive. It was, yeah, it was a reactive joke. Oh, my bad. And that, it's fine, too. What? No, yeah, no, it's sarcastic, isn't it? She's drawing on the balls, walls and he says, what are you, Banksy? And she's like, maybe. So it's kind of, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's using the opportunity given to her. But yeah, that's what I want. I want character-driven stuff. This, yeah. the, I, this doctor, I don't think this doctor would be a Lego. I, like, I didn't mind the joke where she's talking about having a volume of a book dedicated to her. That was that was I, I, that played that into it a bit. You were okay with that? You weren't okay with no, that? You didn't like that? I felt that was a bit on the nose. That's a bit too wanky of this doctor. This is a very for me. This is a very quiet. Oh, I think this doctor's a bit wanky. I think that's a part of the character. Oh no! See, I've got this doctor in my head as a quiet night at a pub with a lad sort of doctor. 
Like, you just go, you just have a chat, you play maybe a few games of darts, you have a nice time, you don't get drunk or anything, you go for a thing. Whereas, like, Matt Smith's Doctor was very much a sitting in his shed at home while it's raining, and he's got some documentary by James May on in the background, and he's just <laughs> building something. No, I or think... he's watching James May build something. That's Matt Smith's Doctor. No, you know, I, think this, like... I think you're right about this Doctor, but I think this Doctor's, yeah, down the pub, friendly, yeah. having a good time, but also often making the conversation about what's happened to them that week. You know, kind of one of those people who kind of wants to show off a bit, but we'd be a bit cocky. And that, that to me was what that felt like. It's a bit of a show it, off. That line felt like that, but I haven't seen much of that from this Doctor. Oh, I mean, because okay. with the 11th Doctor, uh, the 11th Doctor was very much a show off when people are around, but never really would seek people out. I feel like this Doctor is very nestled in people mm, to stay true. kind. Because like the 11th Doctor had the fantastic line of like, you've got uh, Amy and... Uh, I think it was River, possibly Rory as well, talking under the TARDIS. And the Doctor's head just pops up and goes, Oi, I'm being brilliant up here and none of you are around to see it. <laughs> you know, you got that sort of thing. And I don't feel yeah. like... Yeah, that's she's not, not like this Doctor seeker, could pull no, off. That's no, that's fair. So, like, yeah. I, this Doctor getting flustered when the other one's like, I remember, you're in that book, aren't you? Oh, yeah, a little bit. Wasn't it a chapter? Uh, yeah, it was the chapter. Wasn't it a volume? I've got to go. You know, I feel like that's a bit more... This is a Doctor that would kind of, I feel, pull away from that. But this isn't a Doctor that's going to go, I am the last of the Time Lords, you know. No, no, I agree with you on that. Like, I don't think it goes that far. I don't know, I don't know. I could I could take it either way on that one. But yeah, I, it's... it's. It, she's not someone who'd be into Lego. No, Lego's a more lonely pursuit. <laughs> and also, she makes that... God, God it is, isn't it? Um, <laughs> do you know what I've taken we, up recently? Can we do Lego together? No! There's no physical possible way. I'm trying to wean myself off Lego because it's just taking oh, over same. my home. So I'm I'm currently trying to get into knitting. That's my new one. Knitting? Yeah, because you're still following patterns. You're still doing a thing. But the products of what you're making, you can offload onto people much easier. And they have to take them because it's a gift that you made yourself. That's my whole plan. And you can't get rid of Lego because it's the most expensive fucking thing on the planet. It's too, yeah. No, no one wants Lego that's secondhand, really. Everyone wants that yeah. crisp opening the plastic bag experience. I get that. Um, yeah. And no one wants a, a terrible scarf I made either, but they have to pretend they do. And that, that gives me <laughs> the power in that relationship. Gloves with three fingers. Oh, it's so Randomly good, attached. I, I <laughs> my my girlfriend got me like some some wool and some knitting needles and like a how like how to knit for idiots book basically like a first mm-hmm. and I just I was I was three pages into it and I had knots all over my hands and I just <laughs> just messaged her like I'm gonna need you to show me how to do this because I can't do this so that's fine doing all the purling and shit in it purl was, one flip I was me. trying to I was trying to. I'm more of a Perlin noise man than a Perlin uh, knitting guy. There's very few opportunities to make jokes that combine a basic understanding of programming history with um, knitting. That's that's yeah. a, see, I you know what that you was? That, one. that was a character-driven joke that gave yeah, me some insight was. on my interests. There you go, done. Yep, I, set, I managed to set you up because I know something about knitting as well. Secret, that's my mystery. This I is very good writing that's happening right this. now. Yeah. This is this is a white guy thing that you may not know about. We can all knit. Just all of us, we can all just knit. That's definitely not true. Because <laughs> I can't. Okay, well, I'm let's take a poll. We can yeah. all try it. <laughs> I, I, it's just to, just to weed myself off of Lego. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna make. I'm uh, gonna make amazing scarves. That's my whole thing. I'm gonna become a scarf. No, not do- no. I'm gonna make original scarves. I'm gonna. I'm gonna create my own. My own path. 
gonna have Thomas's alone scarves. Just blue rectangles. Yeah, just the Easy same shape. color. Just one yeah, color. It's really Honestly, easy, yeah. the cuddly toys make themselves, don't they? What have I got up here? One second. Always. Oh, oh, I can't see it. I've got the the. Oh, there they are. One second. There's a. It's, it's it's just direct uh, possession. Gone to a back shop. Oh, I tried to get some of them. You you tried to get some? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I audience. I held up the the uh, the Thomas was alone action figure. Thomas was alone action figures. You 3D printed them, didn't you? No. Um. So my girlfriend, my girlfriend's a prop maker for the film industry, so she made them herself. Okay. Um. So she like mass produced them. It was good. And and the real fans managed to buy them, Dan, before they sold out. You know, the real, <laughs> the true, the tr the true believers, the Brodies. They they managed it. <laughs> the Oh, that was the thing. The doctor remembered the name of one hospital ship that floats around one dodgy bit. That oh, the doctor yeah. No. And that's the name what? of the goddamn episode as well, right? It's called like... Yeah. The Sasungra Conundrum. Sasungra Conundrum. And the the conundrum like, is, oh, I know it's that a station. One ship. Yeah. That's not a conundrum. That's a Google. <laughs> I know that one ship in a system that I don't know. I know yeah. that name. Well, why isn't that the name of the person who's on board who's the greatest medical pilot? Oh, because she was a military general. Because you're on that one fucking draft, Chibnall. <laughs> anyway, let's wrap this up. Louis Threw is on in 10 minutes. Oh, is it a new one? Yeah, a new one, apparently. I don't know what it's about. You never know. I want, I, I want it just I, to be about Chris Chibnall's writing of this episode. I miss... I Louis Threw does, like, proper documentaries about proper things now. I miss his weird weekends, those ones where they were just on utter nonsense. He's he's yeah. got he's become a real documentary maker now, and that makes me very sad. Some of them are so it. uncomfortable I cannot physically watch them. But uh, the, some of the, like, the ones where like he hangs out with wrestlers or like the Destruction Derby guys, I fucking love that shit. Those are great, yeah, the weird weekends one. Anyway, you're right, let's yeah. wrap this up. Wasn't a great episode. Mediocre. It no, didn't it... annoy me as much as that second episode, though. I think that's still the, the worst for me. That's the low point for me. Oh, I feel like it just didn't have anything in... Like, the, the Ghost Monument set a load of stuff up that some of it was vaguely interesting. I feel like with a Moff episode, and yes, we're going back to that, Moff would be like, <laughs> all right, in, right, first scene, exterior, space, night. Uh, there's a planet. It's actually made entirely of fire, but it's not a sun. The people who live on it are sandal people who are made of sandal wood and also are shaped like sandals. <laughs> That's important to the plot later. There's a spaceship about to crash into it. The spaceship's made of ice. It's melting. All the inhabitants are made of ice. The doctor comes in there and he goes, Bowties are cool! And then everything explodes. And then we get into, you know, you've got like a thousand ideas before the original, the titles roll. And then this, it's kind of like, yeah, it's a hospital ship going through space. Yeah. I want to. I would. I feel like we should just have take the Doctor Who theme away because right now it's not deserved and put on the Archers theme before every episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> I That's mean, what if, I you, want. if you play the Archers theme tune at, at one tenth speed, it is the Doctor Who theme tune. Whoa! <laughs> dun, 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 Lots of reverb. That would work. That would work. <laughs> and on that bombshell. Time it's to not, go watch Louis Theroux. Not much, of, not much of a bombshell. Not much of a bombshell. It wasn't much of an episode. Uh, <laughs> 51 seconds. That's a Pick a random number. What was that about? Oh, God, I hate that episode. No, fuck it. That was the worst episode of the series. Honestly, that's probably one of the worst episodes of Doctor Who I've ever seen, just because it was furious. I see. I thought it was boringly mediocre. I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was mediocre. I, I no. felt like it was terrible across the board. Okay. Characters that I can't remember the names of, motivations of, or point. Just loaded nothing. Just I can't remember a line from it. It wasn't a, a spider to hide from. Fuck that. The only conundrum was how was that episode actually made? There. That's my.
dark endings. Dark endings? Whatever. I, don't care. I like that you keep doing new endings and then you keep going because the rage won't stop. Like, that wasn't the <laughs> ending. You're going to do another one. And I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> See, Let's do this. It's, it's because of my father. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny Rackage! Tiny Rackage! <laughs>